Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. everyone, and welcome to episode 152 of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. My name is Elisa, and today it is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. Now, over the last six months, I've been quietly paying closer and closer attention to my own conditioned mind, observing my personal behaviors, my responses, all to the chaos and division that is still happening and continues to build momentum here in Canada, North America, and the world from the last three years. I speak to people who are over it, right? And although I understand this need to move on, millions of Canadians have experienced hell on earth today, and they continue to experience hell on earth perpetuated by harmful, untrue narratives. The truth is coming out and people don't want to hear it. They are doubling down. They are sticking their head in the sand because they're over it. I understand this. The wounds are deep. And I believe a huge piece of the pie that is missing is healthy discourse and discussion over what just happened. What happened to the people? What is continuing to happen right now? We have only heard one side of the story for far too long. Healing the deep wounds myself, my personal deep wounds that have formed through being canceled, through being the center of hate campaigns and hiding the fact that I'm unvaccinated for fear of being ostracized, this has gone on far too long. And as I step into my personal power and my authentic voice, which of course means being true to my word, not taking everything personally and asking questions when I feel as though I need more information, when I feel as though something isn't right, that the narrative doesn't make sense any longer, that is my right. I'm witnessing people being treated unfairly and so are you. I am no longer sticking my head in the sand. I am uncensoring myself and standing up against the cancellation of discourse. And my guest today, Kid Carson, a fellow Canadian, former radio host, who is doing the same. He is building community for those who have been canceled, told that they're bad people, told that they're racist and misogynist, fired from their jobs, (laughs) losing all their friends and family all for not participating in an experimental medical intervention. He is here today to tell his powerful story. Listen, lives are ruined. And this episode, I wanna share how people are waking up to the corruption and standing together to fight for healthy debate, for healthy discourse and freedom of speech. I found Kid Carson personally as I was rebuilding my community. And although we may not agree on all things, It sure was a pleasure to speak my mind and feel safe doing so and supported in speaking together about a subject that has been controlled and censored and dismissed for far too long. Thank you for tuning in. The more you listen to the other side of the story, the more you demonstrate that you are awakening and truly practicing inclusion in today's misleading, corrupt, and brainwashed 
party of inclusion. Without further ado, oh, I can't wait for you to hear this episode. <laughs> Here is my friend, Kid Carson. Hello, Kid Carson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank uh, you. I am really excited to pick your brain. And I know that a lot of my listeners are really curious about your story. Um, I was actually recommended by a listener to have you on the show. A couple, couple, couple listeners, actually. Oh, that's flattering. Yes. Isn't really? That neat? Oh, that's kind of cool. You're really getting awesome. around. That is neat. <laughs> um, I think that people are sick of hearing my story. Um, no. no. It's nice that someone wants to hear it. Because I feel like I've told it so many times mm-hmm. um, in a million different ways, because I don't have like a script or an elevator pitch of who I am. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes you feel like self-conscious. You keep on talking about yourself. And all my years in the radio, my job was to interview other people. And so right. when I come on podcasts like this and I'm expected to talk about myself, it always feels weird. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? To throw I the focus, the attention on yourself. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing, <laughs> but flattered. Thank you. Well, I like to start off the show with a bang question all the time. Just get right into it. <laughs> However, um, <clears throat> I want you to t- talk about your, I want you to, to tell your story. You were actually brought into my radar through Instagram, through a friend, Mark Groves. He's who's also been on the show. Um, and about you getting fired from your job for speaking out on the radio, something that was quote unquote, not allowed for the times. And I would like to start right fricking there. What did you say? What happened? And uh, tell us the story from your, your side. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, we, things were getting really intense there for a while. When you skip back about a year, uh, right around the time of the, the the protest in Ottawa, and it really just felt like the walls were closing in mm-hmm. and no one was saying anything. And so having had a really incredible career, like I've been, it's been so lucky. People have supported me for the last 20 years, um, really, especially in Vancouver. I started my career in Barrie and then in Toronto and then came to Vancouver where the city just really embraced me and I've had such an amazing yeah. time. A lot of people listen to me, listen to me when their parents were driving them to school. And now these people now are, you know, getting out of university and having their own families. And they're like, oh, my God, I grew up with you, which always makes me feel so young and fresh faced. Um, but so <laughs> it just got to a point where things were getting so intense and I wasn't speaking out. You know, I was awake to all the stuff that was going on. Yep. And then you start to feel like a bit of a phony. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd always been very. Um, one of my shticks on the air was to talk about conspiracy theories always. And I always said it with a twinkle in my eye. And I knew that most listeners would kind of roll their eyes and go, Oh God, here he goes. But it was sort of part of my character. And I was really into conspiracy stuff where most morning shows really wanted to talk with what was on TMZ. Who's dating who my yeah. whole thing was like, you know, nine 11 was an inside job and you know, all that kind of stuff. Not all the time, but just once in a while, there's a part of my character. Yeah, And I think people really loved that, that and aliens and all the really fun taboo stuff that that's really interesting and not really talked about a lot, a lot on the radio. So that was always a part of who I was for a long time. And listeners knew that. And then when it came to this particular quote unquote conspiracy, um, I was just really stonewalled. Mm-hmm. Wasn't allowed to talk about it. And listeners could tell like, okay, kid, why aren't you mentioning this? They would, they would DM me and 
email me. What's going on? Why aren't you talking about this? I know you're awake to all this stuff. And then I, I just started to feel like a phony because whenever I would say something, I, the hammer would just come down so hard from my bosses. And um, you actually had your executive team or whoever above you saying, do not say this. You cannot talk about this. Yeah. For the people that are sort of wondering what we're talking about, we are talking about the pandemic. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about the vaccines. We're talking about everything that was rolling out um, and being censored and not censored and being talked about and not talked about. Okay. So. Yeah. It really started when um, I talked about not liking wearing a mask. You know, at the okay. very beginning, like a lot of people, I was all really into what was happening. You know, it took me a little, took me a few weeks to realize what was happening. So I would be, um, I was invited to a charity softball game. It was like warm weather outside. And they had told me that I had to wear a mask to play outside. And so I was on the air saying, oh my God, I mean, I know we got to wear these masks to keep each other safe, but why do we have to wear them outside playing sports? Like, this is so crazy. I wish I'd known. I wouldn't have signed up for this. And I was just talking about real things that happen in my life. Like we do every morning. And then, um, people started emailing the station saying that I was dangerous, that I was, uh, you know, really a person. And, um, and then the station said, don't ever say you don't like masks again. And then another day came up where I was talking about how I saw a woman on the street who had like a, a mask that, you know, was the same pattern as her blazer. And it was like a fashion thing. And I started saying, listen, guys, this is not about fashion. This is about like a horrible thing that's happening in the world. And we're trying to keep each other from getting sick and dying. Why are we turning this into a fashion trend? Like, this is stupid. That's a good question. This is, again, at the very beginning. And again, I got in trouble again. And people, oh, how dare he? And, and then I started to really wake up to what was going on. And I started talking more about the things here and there, um, especially about how it wasn't fair that certain part of society wasn't able to fly, wasn't allowed to go into hospitals, wasn't allowed to take their son or daughter to go see the new Spider-Man movie or go to a restaurant. And I, the kind of my, my main message was, guys, we've just come off the heels of a good five-year run where inclusivity and shopping local and all these sorts of things really were on top of mind. And I felt like we'd made such amazing progress in the world. You know, it was all about supporting mom and pop shops. And there was a big movement, uh, you know, support local. Oh, yeah. Oh, Suddenly, yeah. All those local stores are closed down. Big boxes left open. Now we're, instead of including everyone, we're dividing everyone and saying, you can't go to a restaurant, you can. The research is sort of starting to trickle out that it doesn't really make a difference. The jab doesn't make a difference on transmission. We now know that that was all, you know, falsified or phony or whatever. And so as I talked about this, and as I was very loud on Instagram, you know, I, I just was pulled into a very uh, stern meeting that scared the crap out of me with the executives of the company that owned the radio station I worked at called Z95 in Vancouver. And so I had this Zoom call with the head executives in Toronto who I all really like. Like these are people in my industry that I've admired and, and been excited to work for in my career. So whatever industry you're in, just imagine the boss of the, all bosses. Like the guy, who can, <laughs> the guy who can like wink or blink and have you fired in an instant on a Zoom call, angry at you for speaking what you really feel in your heart is the truth. And it was terrifying. You know, I've got, you know, three kids. I have a stepdaughter who's 18, who I met when she was four. Um, and then I have two young boys, um, five and a nine-year-old. And so obviously it's very scary when you have a uh, family to feed and support and the whole deal. 
So I put my tail between my legs and said whatever I had to say and said, I won't uh, talk about it anymore. They didn't want me posting on Instagram anymore. I agreed to all of that just to save myself, you know, save my job. So kept going on. Um, And then the, the Ottawa hit (laughs) (laughs) and I have such a big mouth. (laughs) Yep. So there you go. I, I just, uh, I just finally uh, started to feel like a phony, started to feel really disconnected from, you know, who the person I was now pretending to be and the person who I really was. And, you know, when you're just not in alignment with yourself, how it can just really tear you apart inside. And that was starting to happen. And I finally one day just spilled it out. The fact that I would show up at a rally and then the next day, everyone around the office is talking about how, uh, you know, all these racists and that went to this thing. And it just, it just felt so like I was living in a movie. I couldn't believe it. There was one point where I went to a rally. I'm, I'm just rambling now. Like, do you want to stop and ask a question? Or no, not at all. I'm like talking? super enthralled. Like, I, I want to know, like, the process of what happened. You know, I have, I'm so ingrained from all my years of radio that you, you only talk for maybe a max of three minutes and you play the next song. Yeah, <laughs> So I feel myself rambling and I'm like, I've talked for like six no, minutes straight. I got to stop. Let someone else talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, okay. Just wave your hands over your head. Okay. So you were being tomorrow. called a racist you, or people yeah. that were involved in these movements that you were sort of gravitating to you to, you were being called a misogynist and a racist and that wasn't fitting also, obviously then what? Um, so what happened that really sort of pushed me over the line was I had gone to my first rally and it was a rally in vancouver and everyone is marching from outside the hospital to city hall okay and there were i don't know 10 12 15 000 people there it was it was absolutely insane it was the first one i'd actually gone to and i went there with the hope of interviewing some people for my show okay you know whatever whatever side you're on my job is to get ratings up get since you know get conversations going sensationalize them if you have to this is sort of my gig okay in a perfect world i would have had a pro and an anti everything on my show and had them you know had us all battling on the air if i was allowed to that would have been i think a great you know piece of programming can you imagine oh Oh, it would have been amazing amazing i I think that we really missed an opportunity as a radio station to go number one because everyone is doing the narrative thing and no one was even representing the other side i think we could have really done something Mm -hmm. magical um, and we could have, we could have been the number one radio station. A- anyways, there's the business side of my brain, my career side. Then there's also the heart side of me that wants to be on the right side of history and the whole thing. So I go to this, I go to this rally and I, I am weeping at some points. It's the first time I've seen other people who are, th- that make me feel like I'm not alone. I'm, I'm totally moved. At one point I'm just standing, standing on the side of the street and I've got my like fist over my head and it's, I'm just holding it in the air and like, People are hugging each other. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a beautiful thing. And the, the, the rally was in support of nurses that were being threatened to be fired if they didn't get the jab. So yep. that was the whole point of this rally, something you yeah. can really get behind. So I'm there for a few hours. I go home. Then the next, uh, that night, I get a call from my boss. Someone has emailed him and said, I spotted your Kid Carson character at, um, at this dangerous rally supporting the uh anti being anti mandates or whatever so he calls me and says a listener has complained you were spotted there <laughs> do not go on the air and say you were there okay and i'm like why would i this is the biggest thing happening 
in our country, in our world, ever this particular, this particular event in our city. This is the biggest. Why would I not go on and talk about this? I said, I've interviewed some people. I've got some clips. I want to just, you know, yep. if you want, I don't have to take a side, but I think it would be fascinating to share what's happening. Nope. Not allowed to talk about it. Then I get an, then I get a DM from a very popular um, Vancouver blog website uh, called the daily hive, which is sort of where the, you know, millennials get their news now. They sort of. Yeah. I've, I've heard of it before. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I get an email or a DM from a woman saying, um, I spotted you at the, at the event, how something was a threatening, like I've spotted you. What do you have to say for yourself? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who the woman was. And I said, yeah, I was, uh, they're interviewing people and blah, blah, blah. I'm sort of like panicked because at this point, if you're spotted somewhere like this, there is a chance you could get canceled and all sorts of things. Yep. Um, so I sort of, um, sort of try to cover my, my, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not being brave. I'm a bit wimpy in this point. And I'm saying, well, I was there interviewing people and, uh, for my show. And then I look up this woman and she's like the, the editor in chief of the daily hive. And I'm like, Oh my God, this woman is, and they're, they've been pretty woke lately. So I'm like, this woman's trying to come after me or creating a hit piece. Yeah. Long story short, yes, the next day I wake up all over the news is the story that all these anti-mandate, anti-masker, anti-vaccine people stormed the hospital. They were harassing nurses. They were blocking ambulances. Um, I I read that. Yes. And I thought, and I saw this on the Daily Hive and I went, what? Oh my God. I was there. I was there. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. The Vancouver police were there doing an amazing job controlling the crowd. Ambulances were coming and going freely. The, the, the whole rally was to support nurses. I'm going, I can't, I can't even believe this. I, I, I thought, okay, how could they get the story so wrong? Wow. These guys are really out to nail anyone who is anti government narrative. Then I go on to the news channel global, same story. Then I go on, you know, CBC, same story, CTV, same story. Now I'm starting to feel like nauseous because I'm going, okay, one person can get it wrong. Maybe the second news organization copies the first news organization, doesn't do their background check. They can get it wrong. But everyone had the same story that this was a bad group of people harassing nurses and the whole thing. Yeah, I was, I, that's when it really hit me. I still get tight in the chest, even just telling you the story now, it, it just hit me that something was nefarious was going on here. Someone is supplying the story to all the news outlets and they're all just running with it because what they were reporting simply just was not true. Right. And here I am a part of the the mainstream media and everyone in my industry is all on this train. So that obviously was, um, had me in a really weird place and I can't even go on and I can't even give my opinion on this. And I'm being told, if you're going to report on anything, you've got to get your news from the CBC. It's the only reliable source. So now we're, we're not even talking about anything that's going on in my morning show, because I, if, I have to, if I'm going to talk about it, it has to be the CBC narrative. Now I'm not connecting with my audience. I'm not sharing the things that are happening in my world, in my, in my heart. And you don't Everything- want to be talking about the CBC narrative because you know that it's embellished, it's one-sided, it's not the full picture, it's not... The truth. It's yeah, not, the, it's not the truth. It's just not, not the, the truth. truth. Yeah. So now I'm going in to do my radio show and I can't do what I've been doing my whole career, which is drawing on my life experiences 
wrapping those stories up, making them relatable to other people yeah. who I'm building a connection with and spending time together every morning in the radio. I, I can't do my job. I have to go in and I'm looking at things, some stupid things that I can talk about. You know, Rod Stewart turns 200 years old this morning. Good morning, everybody. You know, it's just you're, this weird out of body experience of phoniness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, Ottawa happens and now it's just compounded and it's highly emotional. I'm, I'm watching the Instagram with, you know, these slow motion videos of the flag flapping in the wind. And they've got the, the, the song, like we will not comply playing in the background and it's super emotional. And, uh, I spent, you know, I mean, you couldn't not cry watching these videos because you just finally felt like, Oh my God, people are waking up. These are my people but it's sort of like they're my secret people because if you admit they're your people, you're a racist. It's just so freaking weird. I'm sure you felt the same. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I live yeah. in Ottawa. Yeah. So I, Ottawa. Okay. I live in Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was really interesting for me too, because I, I, my sort of switch my moment of like what's going on was I have, I'm trying to get pregnant. I'm in my forties. I've never had a child. And before the vaccines were even available, I read an article in the New York times of all places. And they were questioning the ingredients. That was it. It was like, it's weird that this would be in there because this has led to infertility in other studies. And there was, it was like an accredited journalist. And I was like, this is interesting. I'm going to bookmark this and like, just table it. Cause Mm. you know, and then I was talking to my partner about it. And I went to go look for it, maybe 24 hours later, for just a couple of days later. And it could have even been the same day, you know, timelines are weird. And it was gone. Mm. It was no longer published. I could not find it anywhere. So my like moment of like, this isn't right was when I couldn't find that article anymore. I was like, something's up. And then, so oh. I was like in a heightened state of like, okay, well, if the, and now, and then there's experts on the CBC talking about how women's periods aren't changing. Meanwhile, I have like 10 friends who are like, dude, I haven't got my period or dude, I've had my period for seven weeks straight. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like mm-hmm. it, it was really interesting. So yeah, the trust in the narrative, it's so fascinating how you will believe it until you see it. And that moment of, of awakening, if you want to call it that is, is, has been different for everyone. And it's such a special moment where the veil lifts. Yeah. Well, there was one moment that also rocked me. And that was when that one photo of the guy with the Nazi flag was circulating. Yes. And I went down the rabbit hole on that because this was, it just, this didn't feel right. Yes. This didn't feel legit. And I went down the rabbit hole and there were pictures leaked that were then later deleted of a guy in like a red beard who had, I guess there was a series of photos that showed the taking of that photo. And they sort of came up from behind a, a corner, unfolded this brand new Nazi flag, still had creases on it. It looked like it had just been bought from the Nazi store, opened it up, quickly waved it. The, this guy with a red beard had quickly taken the photos and then they scrunched it up and then disappeared around the corner again. And it turned out that that guy with the red beard was Justin Trudeau's personal photographer. Get out. Is that credible? Get out. Listen, I went down the rabbit hole. Um, look, look it up. See if you can find it because okay. it's one of those things where it's gone. It's like, you have it saved and it's gone. But I saw the pictures 
and I saw the side by side. This is the guy who took the photo up up with just I saw it with my own eyes. I went, oh my God, I I can't I can't believe it. And then of course there was never another picture ever. Ever. No one of a Nazi flag. Live. Yeah. Yeah. It was just something to plant a seed to get it on all the front of the newspapers for just to make people go who aren't paying attention. Oh, it's such a, it's a this is a racist movement. I knew it. Meanwhile, you go down there and it's like groups of people from every walk of life, every, every race, every, you know, yes. I, I interviewed some guys on, on my uh, podcast that were like, they were, they were Sikh. There were going tons of groups of Sikh men going down there and doing what Sikhs do, which is spread the love and feeding people and handing out gloves to people who were cold and feeding the homeless. No, I mean, it, it, but none of that got on the news. Then I saw another moment of that was on the news of a Sikh guy saying a, a news clip we're just we're just terrified and that was the news snip and then you then you find someone who had the full clip and it was the Sikh guy actually saying we're terrified of running out of food there's so many hungry people here that we want to feed and the news took it and manipulated it so you start to see all these things and you go wow this is the yes. world that's being presented to us is just not real and it's like a human psychology information warfare. So, do, you follow, do you follow Callie Means? Callie Means? Callie Means. Callie Means. Callie Means. Really good with faces. Callie Means, I believe he was either on Joe Rogan or yeah. the Genius Life podcast. He, I think it's the Genius Life podcast, actually. He um, is a whistleblower, if you want to call him that. He's speaking out against um, Coca Cola. He was in the room when Coca Cola was paying. I think it was like $20 billion or don't get me wrong. Like I might be wrong on that figure, but it was some astronomically huge figure to create the narrative that anyone that goes against sugar is a racist. This was in the nineties <laughs> and he was in the room and he was like, this is not right. This is life or death. And they pitted because more low income people that, that rely on food stamps are people of color. And if you're taking away easy calories, then you are racist. And they, so I am really curious to know who's going to step up and start talking about the deals that the media has been in, the people, the companies that are creating this racist narrative, because that's the fastest way to shut someone down and, and, and stop the discourse. It is the fastest way just to like, be righteous. Well, you know, that year, right? The year of the pandemic, the CBC got like 1.6 billion ish dollars from the liberal government. Right. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if other media companies are getting um, our tax dollars too. And then there was, I found the document and it was listed every single mom and pop magazine, like those little health, those little free health flyers that you see in the newsstand or blogs or travel. Yeah. Every is including the Daily Hive, um, which is, and I bring that up because in Vancouver, in BC, they seem to be the number one sort of uh, millennial website that people go to. They got a half a million dollars from the liberal government. And I'm like, wow, like to a, to a website like the Daily Hive, for example, that's not a huge publication, a half a million dollars is an insane amount of money. Now, are you going to bite the hand that feeds you? Or are you going to make sure that you just fall right in line? 
It's a really smart and tricky thing that corporations and governments are doing. They are saturated and infiltrated everywhere. And we, as like just the common folk that are trying to live our lives, we're all like, I'd like to say that most people are good people and they're really trying to do their best. However, hearing these narratives over and over again, the human brain cannot not agree with things that you hear repetitively over time you will start to side with the things you are exposed to over and over and over again. It's part of our, the conditioned mind is repetition and authority figures when authority figures are telling you and look like when you're scared, you do funny things. Like when you're really scared, I was listening to, um, so I was listening to Russell Brand talk about, he's like all into like Reiki and like, uh, healing himself and mindfulness. And he's like, when there's an emergency, a health emergency, I'm like, the Reiki's not going to work. Call 911. Get me the freaking doctor. I will do whatever you say. Like, it's funny when you get scared, what, like you were like, someone help me. That's like part of the human condition is like, I can't yeah. help myself. And, and that kind of happened on such a global level that we surrendered and forfeited our integrity, our personal power, our ability to think independently. Oh, it's, I mean, that's why whichever presidential candidate has the most money wins the election. Always, Mm -hmm. almost always, because they just have more of the money to dump into the repetitive. It's like, what, what shoe do you think is a better shoe? Nike or Puma? Probably Nike. Probably Nike. Probably, you know, yeah. Probably just, Nike. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's those uh, it's like you can have two things. The brand name is you're just drawn to the brand name. You just you think it's going to be more quality. You just you, feel like it is instead of the no name brand. You, you just, just seen it that. more times. You've seen it more often. It's more there. It's more readily available. It's kind of like subconscious. That's why big big brands don't care if you read their billboard they just want you to see the nike check because subconsciously you're, it's just one more bounce into the yeah. brain yeah. it's so interesting do you think canada okay so there's like a joe rogan joke i, I can't remember who said this joke but he's kind of like i'm gonna vote for the puppet on the left i'm gonna vote for the puppet on the right who are you gonna vote for and it's like oh wait a second both puppets are held by the same person, <laughs> you know, because like yeah. these big industries are, they have their hands everywhere. So they don't care about the outcome of these elections because everything's bought and paid for. Do you think Canada is there? Oh, it's, oh, of course, globally. Globally. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, a very small secretive group of people, and this is where people think that I'm nuts, but it's true. Very small group of people control every aspect of our lives. They control every mm-hmm. industry. When you wake up in the morning, the bed you slept in, the the clothes you wear, the, the, the gas you put in your car, the steel that was mined to build your car, the vacation you travel to, mm-hmm. you know, everything is all owned by like one or two corporations. They're like, you know, which are BlackRock and Vanguard. And these are, companies that you don't even you can't even look up who owns them you know these are <laughs> yeah, look, seriously yeah i mean i watched i watched one of those you know wild documentaries that you know it's like a three-hour thing that's on youtube and keeps getting deleted and you have to keep finding it so you can keep watching it yeah <laughs> it really broke down you can go to like yahoo finance and look up any 
publicly traded company and you can see who all the shareholders are and see the percentage wise. And it's always at least a huge chunk of almost every company is owned by BlackRock, Vanguard. There's like one or two other companies as well, but those are the kind of the, the two main ones. And they yeah. own everything, every industry. Monsanto probably is up there. Oh yeah, they just own everything. And so once you know that, uh, I mean, your mind just, your mind can just splits open. You realize that there's a small group of people that just control everything. I mean, you, you know, we, we, we laugh how Apple and Microsoft, you know, were battling. Remember all those ads on TV back in the day when we were kids and which, and then you look up at who owns them and like, they're both owned by BlackRock and Vanguard. Right. So it's, there's obviously still competition in the ranks for who's going to make the most money to get the big bonuses, to have the biggest mansions or whatever, but it's really for sport right. because at the top, it doesn't matter where your money goes to Apple or Microsoft, you know, Pepsi, Coke, they're owned by the same people. <laughs> it's like, so there's this illusion of choice everywhere we look. And of course there's, like I said, there's people who benefit you know, like if you're if you're running for political office, of course, there's I believe that there's real fierce battle for who gets to sit in the chair. But at the end of the day, they're both going to have to answer to the same group of people. So it's really bizarre uh, and it's hard for people to wrap their minds around. But once you see it, like you said a few minutes ago, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And I think this this moment in Ottawa really helped a lot of people wake up to uh, the truth, because of the simple fact that as much as the, as much as there was censorship, we were able to watch what was happening on CBC, and then pick up our phones and watch live streams on Instagram, and yeah. say these two things do not match at yeah. all. I see people playing hockey on the street and feeding homeless people and singing, and being patient and being just so damn Canadian. Really, when they could have easily lost their cool because of what was happening. People were just, there wasn't a single incident. And then you look on TV and it's racist, you know, violent. They're, they're trying to take over the government. And it was like, yeah, this is Canada's January 6th. <laughs> it was like, Oh God, this is something is really weird here. And it, these are things you can't unsee. So interestingly, I never actually went downtown Ottawa. I had a lot of friends that went and I didn't go because right at the beginning, like just as like the truckers were arriving, I had liked a photo from the Freedom Convoy. I was following the Freedom Convoy and <clears throat> I liked a photo with an account that I was helping with in social media. So not my personal account with like a, a business. And just because I liked one of those posts it created this incredible momentum of this. And, and I was part, I was the center of a massive hate campaign and had people, people knew that I was helping out so, with social media, with these company, with this company, they knew me, they saw that I followed the convoy. They were screenshotting everything I was liking, sending it out, doing stories, like really trying to position me as this misogynist racist and it was really dark. It was a really mm. dark, dark, dark time. I could not believe how many, because the people knew my personal number. They literally called me and were sending me emails and text messages. And the moment, like, I was not equipped to be uh, hit 
with that, that wave, like when you start, when people started, you know, coming after you a little bit with your station, like that feeling, that, that feeling of, Oh fuck, what did I do? Like, how do, what's, what's happening here is yeah. it's so it's, it's so interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, so really, powerful. it's because we're hardwired for connection. It goes back to survival. Like if you are, if you roll with the group, there's power numbers, you eat, you are protected from wild animals in the jungle. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, we're hardwired for survival and survival is connection. And so mm-hmm. that's why, the, I mean, the people who run this whole thing, it's been a massive, they are experts at human psychology. And they just knew that at some point the people would start policing themselves right. know, out of self-preservation. So yeah, I mean, it was, it is heavy and dark and, um, yeah, like when I was first being called out that you were spotted at a thing. I'm like, oh, oh I was just there to like, uh, get, just just get interview clips. Oh, uh, yeah. I wasn't there to support it. Oh, you know, it's totally. It's, yeah, I, I totally relate to what you're saying. Totally. So my vision of what actually happened. Yes, I live in Ottawa. The momentum, like Ottawa, is a very unique city because, of course, we're like government workers. People can't just like. There's a lot of woke in Ottawa. There's a lot of left leaning. I was a liberal myself. I'm a, a centrist left-leaning person, or at least I was. And now I've like been thrown all the way to the far right. People think I'm like some. Well, no, far- here's the thing. No, here's the thing. You haven't, you haven't changed. Okay. Imagine this. Someone explain this to me. I wish I'd give them credit. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> it's like you're, it's like, imagine you're standing still and you're sort of like in the middle and then there's the far right on this side and the far left on this side. You you've stayed still and everything around you has shifted. Okay. Like yeah, the, the things scale, that you and yeah. I because I grew up always I just would identify as a as a liberal before I even really knew what it was. It just yeah. seemed to mean equality and you know fairness and and doing the right thing and just all all the things. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, if you believe in in fairness and doing the right things and yada yada yada. Now you are considered far right. It's like the ground beneath your feet has shifted. You've stayed still. You believe the same things you've always believed in, except now those things are being labeled as extreme. Right? Right. It's like, wait a second. No, I want like, I think we should just be like free and, you know, fair and like, what? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Yeah. So you weren't thrown anywhere. It's like this narrative has like shifted the ground that you stand on and moved everything. And you're looking around going, wait a second, I haven't taken a single step yet. Now I'm being told that I'm a part of this uh, far right side. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm in the same boat as you, but I've still always maintained the same beliefs. You know, my, my mom raised me to like, no one's better than you. No one's below or everyone comes in different shapes and sizes and different races and gender and it's whatever like it's just everyone's it's all love just treat everyone the way you want to be treated it's the oldest the oldest yeah. rule in the book I, yeah. I still believe that but now if you are um now that there's certain agendas being pushed so hard drag queens and and thongs shaking their asses in front of three-year-olds while their moms sit beside them and clap and cheer i'm like i'm sorry fuck that what are you even what are you even saying yes why and, and if i'm against that you think that i'm against against the group of people no i'm against sexual sexual shit in front of kids like what how can you not see that like the virtual signaling is so hardcore (laughs) 
Right. And this is this is the mess that we're in now, where people now are um, being thrown into being associated with like being a bigots or racist, and just because you think the same thing you've always thought. You know what I'm saying? I do. The party of inclusion, the liberals, yeah. the people that were inclusive, are now the most exclusive party. If you don't think and do and agree and be this, then you are anti and you are the enemy. And it's because I don't identify with far right ideology whatsoever. And I don't identify with far left ideology. Does that make me good or bad? No. Do Am I righteous because of that? No. I just like, I, I find it interesting how we cannot talk about it. We cannot ask questions we can't hold space to hear the other side. If you hear that your husband or your wife has cheated on you, don't you want to know their side? Don't you want to hear? Or are you just going to make up your mind and leave? Like you have like what common sense to me is getting thrown out the window. But the party of inclusion, as I was saying, has just been so, so exclusive. And we're it's seeing fear. it with the cancel culture. We're seeing it. Yeah. Yes. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about if you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing, I, I, I believe you are and how, you know, the people that are fighting monsters are becoming the monster. The people that are trying to be inclusive are now the mirror image of that, that which they are trying to fight against. Oh yeah. And just to back two steps to what you just said, people, I think, they're so engulfed in fear that they don't realize it. But subconsciously, if they even take the time to listen to your opinion, there's the subconscious fear that they're going to be a, associated or labeled as someone who agrees with you. And it's like, I don't know when that became a thing. Like, just because you hear someone's opinion <laughs> and listen to them, it means that you agree with it. Like, I listen to and follow people that I don't agree with. Yeah. Because I try to keep a constant open mind. Like, and there's a mixture of keeping an open mind and also a mixture of entertainment. Sure. Like the same reason why you follow certain celebrities. Like that's why it's funny when people were going after you because, oh, you follow the, the, the convoy account or whatever. It's like, who gives a shit if I follow them? Doesn't mean I agree. Like I yeah. follow them because I'm curious to what they're up to. Like, don't you peek over your neighbor's fence to see what they're up to? Doesn't mean you're in love with them. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's so bizarre. To play the, the value of a follow, the value yeah. of a like I is created this like complete sub narrative and the story and now put me in the a box. And not only that was directed hate for months. So I stayed really quiet and that's in the spring. I, I think, did you launch your app in the spring? When did you launch your app? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. And I was like, oh, mm. I think this is something I want to dabble in because I was afraid I shut up. I yeah. And then I joined your app and I was like, for the first time, I could talk about the way I felt without having 17,000 people tell me who I am and put me in that box. And I could like just hear other conversations, people who had vaccine injuries, pe like we personally know multiple people with vaccine injuries. We personally know people who are trying to get pregnant people, you know, like all of these stories. And it was so challenging because all of a sudden you're an Island and shit, what do you do when you're an Island? It's hard. Yeah, I know. So you, and, and that actually, and that app, I ended up shutting down that app 
because I, I learned a lot from that experience, not to, not to derail from the conversation too much. No, yeah, tell to me, tell me, because I, I want to ask you about that. Yeah, as I, I, don't, I know you were going to, in a certain direction with our conversation, but um, I wanted to quickly mention that the app I ended up shutting down because I was experiencing somewhat censorship and fear about speaking out on Instagram and et cetera. Yeah. And I sort of advertised this app as a safe place, a censorship-free place where we can, you know, just, and I ended up attracting an audience, um, not totally, but enough of enough angry people that wanted to just, yeah, that's damn right. I don't want to be censored and you're all fuck this. And they got in there and they really, they are and angry. People are the loudest and they really sort of overtook the app. Um, not that I'm against those people, but that's just not what I wanted my contribution to be to the world. Um, I didn't want to go in my own app and feel like terrified or scared or all worked up and my adrenaline's pumping. And then I put my app down and I'm like, Oh, now I'm supposed to go play Lego with my kids. It just wasn't what I wanted to create um, another loud, angry place on the internet. I wanted to create and what I'm doing now a, an actual community where like, oh, I know if we, if we end up talking about, I'm sure as I'm guessing we're going to be talking about woke and awake and all that stuff. Cause we, we were just talking about wokeness a minute ago. Um, I wanted to create a place that was um, uh, a positive and for awake people who know what's going on, but don't just want to, yell in a corner and scream about Justin Trudeau being a douchebag. Although that's very valid. And I, I, I would agree with that sentiment. <laughs> not, I don't want to marinate in that energy all day. Um, I don't want that to consume every conversation because I've been there and it is dark and I'm kind of, you know, you go through this mourning process, this sort of sadness where you realize that, Oh my God, this guy that I actually voted for years ago, cause he had beautiful hair and that's what you do. You vote for the person with the biggest smile and nicest hair and who says all the right things. And then you get your heart broken when you realize that it was all a facade. Um, so anyways, now I'm rambling a little bit, but the app is shut down um, for that uh, reason. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Good for you. You got to follow your gut and you got to do what's right for you. And if it's not in alignment, and that's part of being sort of a sovereign person of being able to discern for yourself what you, how you want to live your life. So I commend you big time for that because it probably wasn't easy. It probably wasn't cheap. It probably like was uh, a hard decision, but also maybe not. Yeah. I mean, there's a real market for angry people right now Yeah, and they're angry for a reason. And I'm, I'm with you if you're pissed off. I mean, of course you should be. Um, but are you going to stay pissed off at certain people forever? People who are actually fall people like Justin eventually will go away. Yeah. Klaus Schwab will eventually go away. And all these people will eventually go away and be replaced by with someone else. And then you're just going to continue the same cycle. Oh, look now, look who they brought in. Oh, that son of a bitch. And it's like, you're going to do another three, four years of being angry. And I mean, guess yeah. what? Then, then your kids are six years old. If you had a baby at the beginning of this. Now your kid is six. And then you're going to keep being angry or you're going to, you're going to miss out on all the beauty that life has to offer. And, and again, we talk about what awake really means awake. You know, I used to think it used to just mean, you know, who your enemy is like, Oh, oh, oh nope. I know who the enemy is. I'm awake to it. I'm not yep. asleep. I'm awake. I know you're, you're pulling on over on us, but being awake is knowing who the enemy is and not letting them ruin your fucking life. Yeah. And then the next level is knowing who your enemy is, not letting it ruin your fucking life, and all then using it to your advantage. <laughs> so, hey, nice try, guys. But guess what? I'm I'm gonna be happy, I'm gonna thrive, and I'm gonna lift myself and people around me up. 
And I'm, I'm going to be on that train instead of playing the game that you've set for us, which is be angry, be pointing fingers, chase your tail, expel negative energy to everyone you meet and talk to and scream in corners of the internet and create more darkness, which if you're a spiritual person, which I've really become a spiritual person is what they want. You know, they want, they want as, as negative and as, as dark as it can get. That's what they, that's what they want. Cause the more we have that, the more fearful we are. And then we just jump right into exactly what you talked about a few minutes ago, which was you're afraid I'm willing to do anything to save myself. You know, it's just, it's perpetuating this, um, this plan that I think has been planned for a long time. And we're just, we're just, we're, we're, Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Hook, line, it, it is fascinating how quickly people gave up their autonomy, that gave up their their sense of choice, and 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 disguised it as, and labeled it as being a good person. I am a good person, and therefore you didn't do what I did, so you are a bad person. And so when it comes to being awake, so. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about this on social media. I personally coach intuitive awareness, which is the practice of observing the mind. It's observing the conditioned mind without judgment. So you have learned to be who you are based on your agreements and your life experience. And someone taught you what was right and what was wrong. And maybe as an adult, you can discern a few things, but really fundamentally your subconscious beliefs were created young. And the practice that I teach is, is to, pay attention to the ways in which you have been conditioned. And this has been like a very big, when fear is put into practice, the the mind has a really hard time thinking clearly and things become extremely irrational very quickly. And so for me, being awake is yes, understanding the government side, understanding what's really going on behind the scenes and not, and removing as many filters as possible. And I don't think people need to go from zero to a hundred. They just need to go layer by layer and and start to unravel the nonsense that they had once believed, which is really hard. It's painful to, to sort of wake up to the idea that everything you thought is a lie, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And it, you have to have empathy for people who don't see it like you do. You know, you I'm guilty to. too. I'm guilty of driving down the street and I see that person who's riding their bike outside, obviously alone with a mask on. Mm-hmm. And my first thought is that fucking idiot. Yeah. What are you doing? And then, then I had a, a conversation with a guy which who was on your podcast and he was on my podcast and is one of the most brilliant minds that has kept us sane through these weird times, Mark Groves. Yes. And he really talked about having empathy for these people. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so right. He's like, dude, the, the propaganda machine is so powerful. These are, they're master manipulators. This is like masters of human psychology. You can't blame, like we're kind of lucky that we're the percentage of people that didn't fall for it. Cause you know, I remember going to high school we had a hypnotist come to our school. And why was it that, my one friend, Sam, got up and started spinning around. Actually, Sam was the one who didn't fall for it. But my other friend, let's say Tony, got, Casey hears this. I wasn't the one who squawked like a chicken. That wasn't me. It was the other guy. But there were people who got up and who were easily hypnotized. And they were like, going, bark, 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 bark. and then there was other people going, oh, my God, what is this? Stuff? Is this a joke? Did you pay him to do that? There are people who get they're susceptible to suggestion and people who aren't. I'm so glad that, you know that me and people like you are, are awake to it. But 
it's, I'm rambling a little bit now, but I, I guess my final thing about empathy is that, um, you know, there's people on far left, far right. There's the person who is screaming on the internet that, oh my God, we're, they're bringing in the social credit score and we're, we're, we're fucked. We're yeah. fucked. And then there's people on the the other side who are like going for nature walks through the forest with uh, three layers of masks on. Yeah. So it's like both of these people are terrified. What's the point? Mm-hmm. You're scared either way. You're, you're, they've got you. If you go far this way, you're scared. You go far you're that captured. way, you're scared. You're, you're scared. Hijacked. You're captured. Genius. You're hijacked. You are scared. Yes. Genius. So you have to rein it in. And that's why right now there's a, real split in what you'd call like the freedom movement where it's the people that want to continue to rant and rave and be angry and mad. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But then there's the people who are like, nah, I'm not falling for that trick. I'm sort of breaking away into this positive space. I'm not going to let them ruin my life. Um, I'm going to stay very informed, but I'm also going to start building my own stuff or I'm going to build myself up. I'm going to work on my mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spread positivity and all that all that kind of noise, which is where I'm at now. I've been through the darkness. And thank gosh, like, too. Yeah. there are levels of grief, like losing your life. You've lost your entire life and you had to grieve that. And we don't give each other enough credit for the grief process. We don't. And, and yes, like there were parts where I was really angry and I couldn't even say anything about it. Cause I didn't want that impact like the, of the, the hate mail again. So I sort of like suffered in silence. I just put my head down. I kept, you know, talking about my values and my principles in life and being kind to one another, not hating on on anyone else. And I am seeing some people in my community stuck in that anger phase, which they'll, they won't stay there forever because the next part is, Mm -hmm. is like coming back to love and compassion. Are you seeing that? So you have started this incredible live series and it's called love, not fear. Am I correct? Well, it's it's called Kid Carson and Friends. Kid Carson and Friends. And and the first event was Kid Carson and Friends, Love Over Fear. Love Over Fear. Then I dropped the Love Over Fear. Okay. Just because I didn't like seeing the word fear blown up on posters. Ah, I just thought energetically, I just, maybe this is where I get a little woo-woo. I hope I don't lose you here. No, I love it. I just thought, you know, I don't want to just even people reading or saying the word fear over and over and over again. So I just call it Kid Carson and Friends. And I've never actually announced that it's not called Love Over Here anymore. And in fact, some of my um, speakers are still on Instagram going, join me at Love Over Fear. And I haven't bothered to tell them. (laughs) Don't call it that. Um, But that was just a personal choice that felt felt better in my heart to just not have the word fear out there. But it's so much fun. I never thought I'd be like an event planner, but it was basically getting all the, the idea was to get all of these people who don't want to be afraid and terrified and screaming at Klaus Schwab, but yep. know all about it together in the same room and just sort of feed off each other's energy. Um, Cause I, I think it's, it's really, I don't think people really understand how magical it is when you get, you know, when you're setting up an event, you're so concerned about getting great speakers and who are going to be planting inspirational ideas and changing your mindset and shifting perceptions and all that stuff. And that's great. Um, but really, it's the people that just show up who are interacting with each other that creates this magic, this magic. We just had one in Toronto and I'm like looking around going, damn it, I didn't even have to bring in speakers. 
everyone just wants to be in the same room together and network and yes you know it's it's it's, there's this magic that happens where you get someone who's been looking for a solution or you know to a goal and then they just talk to someone they're like oh my god that would work amazing and then you see someone else in another corner who's like now they've just got a whole new goal or a vision of something you want to do um either it's start a business or you know whatever it is there's mm-hmm. just it just naturally happens so we have that happening in a room together with great speakers who are up on stage sort of telling their stories and um li- helping you kind of level up so you're basically having these leveled up conversations that sometimes you may not have with anyone else i'm sure someone listening to this can ex- can relate to the fact that maybe you're the only awake person in your circle or you've lost enough friends maybe not even lost but you just don't hear from them as much or when you're with them you have to censor yourself and you just don't feel like you can fully be open when you start to feel a little bit like your circle is small it's really powerful to suddenly connect with other people and you walk in and you go oh my god here's a couple hundred people in a room that are just like on my wavelength and just feels good we had someone at the last event in toronto she's like i have not met another awake person since this whole thing started it's been me at home on instagram um even afraid to post and i saw the event and i came and like oh my god this is crazy so um it's a wonderful experience i really hate planning events I'm not an event planner I can't wait till they start making some money so I can just hire an event planner to do all of the planning for me. Yes, you got to keep going. This is my such wife, a good thing. I think you're has, the only one doing things like, something like this. Yeah, and I hope I hope more people do. There are a few people. There's a woman, uh, Meg Garland. I think she's in Calgary. I think she's in Calgary uh, doing stuff. There's more people doing more events. I hope more people start doing it because we need to connection. We need connection. Yes, we need connection and we need to have hard conversations with each other. And I feel like now, I don't know about you, where you are in your group is like questioning things and being able to have someone safe to to ask those questions and like get their opinions on it, whether you agree with their opinion or not. Like we need to bring this back into our lives. Like we as human beings need to have hard conversations. And it's almost like the world just wants to avoid everything hard, take care of me, do it for me. I can't be uncomfortable for one second. And then when they are uncomfortable, people don't know what to do with that. They haven't learned coping skills anymore. The skill is just like avoid, get it out of here, cancel, like run away, hide, numb, shame, blame, and like loop in that garbage. And if you, you need to have a community of people who are vibing high. I have like an online community I'm launching in a couple of weeks on April 1st and it's called the high vibers club. And I'm called it the high vibers club because I don't want there to be any confusion that it's anything like my old app that just became negative. I'm like, if you see, it's called the high vibers club. You're, if, if you want to scream at Justin Trudeau, you're probably not going to go into this space. You know, awesome. It's, and it's, it's people need as more people slowly wake up and they go, something's amiss here. Wow. Maybe these uh, people were right. They're onto something. If you look over and your only option is someone angry, screaming, foaming at the mouth. Oh, fuck, Justin Trudeau, the cocksucker. <laughs> you're going to, right away, you're going to go, eh, that's what I thought. No, thanks. The news I don't want right. that energy either. I don't yeah. want it either way. Like, I don't, I, I know it's, it's a really interesting space to be sort of 
in that space of awakening, in that space of acknowledging the corruption, of seeing it, of being uncomfortable with it. Cause I denied it for a long time too. Even when I was sort of like getting the whispers and the wake-ups and like, hmm, this no longer makes sense anymore. And and when when it starts to really impact you personally, that's when you're gonna get your wake-up call, but you can just as easily go back to sleep. Your practices outside of that wake-up call, like how much news are you watching? Who are you listening to? What kind of conversations are you having? Are they diverse? Are you diverse in your thoughts and beliefs and the people in your life? Like you have to it's a, it's hard because of that division in our country. Now, Canada didn't really have it this bad until the last three years. And now it's like, it's wild how, I don't know, people use the word silos. You're living in a silo, in a bubble or whatever you, echo chambers, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But that's an actual real thing. And to be able to acknowledge like, oh shit, that's me. I'm in a bubble. I'm in an echo chamber. I can't even listen to somebody who is now a different religion than me or, uh, you know, like who, who, who used to question five years ago or, or cancel someone who had a different religion than you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That made Crazy. different medical choices than you. Right. If you just think back five years ago, was that me five years ago? Chances are it wasn't. And now it is. So you got to like, Hey, yeah, sure. Wake up and then take responsibility for the people and places and things around you that are conditioning your mind. It is like a brainwashing. People don't like the word brainwashing. They think it's like well, we're all brainwashed. <laughs> I know it's a harsh term, but we're all brainwashed. Like there's certain things that I, I, if I, yeah, there's, there, there's things that I want to buy that I'm like, why do I want to buy that? Cause I've been told that that's the yeah. thing to have. People you know, are brainwashed like, by everything. Yeah. Labels like organic. The organic label is laughable now. I know. I <laughs> slap it on everything. Overprocessed, yeah. sugar fuel filled, shitty oil filled, glyphosate filled, bullshit bar. But it says it's organic. So look at me being a good person. And let me post it on Instagram and tag the company so people can see how virtuous I am. Yeah, I, I, I'm guilty of um, buying. I, I love these little like, snap. Are they called snap peas? Snap peas. I love snap yeah. peas. Got them from Whole Foods, brought them home. They have a big organic label on the side of them. And I'm eating them and they're just like perfect. I'm like, wow, these are just like the most perfect snap peas ever. I look at the back and they say made in China. Get I'm out. Like, I'm like, wow, I got these at Whole Foods. They say organic. What I visualized where they came from was not China. So then I go online and I, I, so I go, I Google the brand online and there's like a form and I start reading the forum and they're like, yeah, this company, they're not even regulated. So they just put the name organic. Yeah. Nothing against China. I mean, you know, I have things against the governments. I have nothing against any people of any country. Obviously it's the governments and the elites of every, of every country. So just in the case. Misleading someone... narratives as well. And yeah. the things that yeah. they don't give us the full picture, they give you literally 1%. Yeah. Anyways, I'm eating my organic. That's probably not even organic. This is a, just a company that has no regulation. They just slap an organic thing on it. And and actually, I found out there's a thing going on with Whole Foods now about that type of thing. A lot of their foods are just, and I'm like, damn it. Here I was spending 10 times more on groceries thinking I was doing the right thing. But it's the brainwashing, you know? So we're all brainwashed. We're all brainwashed. Yeah. And we don't really learn. Like, I, I want to really, like, take this time to step back, zoom out a little bit and get out of my feelings for a second and just kind of hover above and observe because, you know, we... 
we see what was that McDonald's documentary, the super size me. And oh, yeah. they, they called out McDonald's because they called themselves like a hundred percent Canadian beef. They used a hundred percent Canadian beef patties in all of their burgers, which was not a lie, but the burger company name was a hundred percent pure beef inside was like cardboard. It was toxic chemicals, <laughs> but the name was a hundred percent pure beef. So McDonald's didn't lie. And that documentary was like, Oh my God, how many other companies do this? That is brilliant. That is genius. That is like, that is literally because we all want to do good and be good. And I, mm. I, I believe in the goodness of humanity and you're trying to do your best, but then you're, you're buying something, thinking it's something else and knowing that it's now it's from China. That must've been like, Oh my God. It was just a weird thing. I'm like, like, like they're so, I'm like, they're so fresh and crispy and Juicy when you snap into the snap piece. What they made travel of? around the world? I've been lied to. <laughs> oh, just crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So where can everybody find you? Because I think that anyone that has resonated with this podcast needs to be part of Kid Carson and Friends in some way, shape, or form, either on Instagram. Do you have like a website? Tell us you have a podcast. Tell us everything. I got the podcast. I've got uh, my website, kidcarson.com. I'm launching the High Vibers Club on April 1st. Can I be part of your High Vibers Club? Of course, dude. <laughs> it's for High Vibers only. I'm warning you. Okay. Um, and this is, uh, you know, and then of course I got my live events. So basically the High Vibers Club is almost like the digital version of my live events. Because mm -hmm. not everyone can get to where we're hosting the event. So um, the event is, you know, you're getting all these amazing like-minded people in the same room. Um, to connect with uh, people who are winning or who want to win and um, people who want to just have high vibes. They want connections and confidence and they want to be in that space. Cool. So you can come to our next one, April 1st in Calgary. Um, and that'll be the launch day of the, of the high vibers club as well. And which we're, we're bringing sort of weekly coaches to come in and host live things. And just, it's going to be a lot of fun in there. People just, it's where you can build real friendships with people and not feel so isolated. If you felt or feel isolated, you don't have to be anymore. You don't have to join the High Vibers Club, but there's lots of communities now popping up online that you can join and connect with people. So, you know, when this all this madness first started, you really were left alone unless you happen to have a superpower group of awakened friends, um, which wasn't the Who case for, that? for most. Yeah, no one had that really. Yeah, like so, I um, lost 80% of my friends. Gone. Yeah. Best friends. 30 years. Gone. I know it's crazy. It's so it's crazy. crazy. So we want to bring back being in spaces where there's lots of heart and lots of hope and lots Love of it. leveled up conversations. Um, people who will help come up with solutions to some of the things happening in the world, not just sit around and complain about them. So the next one's in Calgary, April 1st. Uh, tickets, are on, tickets are on sale now at kidcarson.com. Um, we have Sarah Swain speaking there. We have uh, Kayla Betts. Well, I love there. Sarah Swain. She's coming on the show. Oh, she's the she's the best. I can't say enough good things about Sarah Swain. Um, awesome. And she spoke. She spoke at the first event, and then at our last event in Toronto. And people just come up to her like she's a rock star. And I'll tell you, she's so much taller in person. It's like, oh, oh my god, because you meet these people over Zoom or on Instagram, <laughs> and then you see them in person for the first time. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> I got oh, my arms god. around you, and damn, you're tall, Sarah. Oh my god. Um, and then <laughs> Kayla Betts is also making so much noise. Okay. Well, I thank you so much for your time. I feel like we should do another like three hours here, but 
maybe another time. I appreciate you so much. I'll have all the links to all your stuff in the show notes. And I hope that you're going to get a full house in Calgary. Any other live shows coming up besides Calgary? Calgary, April 1st. Then we get back to Vancouver, which is my hometown on May 27th. Oh, yeah. That's all we have for now. Love it. Congratulations on all this has the- been a lot of fun. I love I love going down the rabbit holes. <laughs> I love I love having conversations about this stuff where, where the other person isn't rolling their eyes at me. At least I couldn't see that I couldn't see that through Zoom. You seem to be pretty like open. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get a text message that uh, tells you exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> And whether I'm pregnant or not. I'm going to listen back to this and I'll like, wait a second. This was heavily edited. This was heavily edited. <laughs> like this is a lot of fun. Documents. Thank you again for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, have a wonderful day. Okay. I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. If you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify and give this show a five-star rating. I'll give you bonus points for leaving a written review. And if you're looking for more, head over to elisaunfilteredcoaching.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.